Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Fionn McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the drooping and solitary, and ghosts who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I'm your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 238 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we continue to have a look at our folklore origins of the Walt Disney canon and this time around we have the Frog Prince but first a very warm welcome to any new and indeed returning listeners if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you like what you hear why don't you head right back to the very beginning uh, over nearly 240 episodes ago 240 episodes ago even and see what we've been building up to over the fireside journey over the last five years and if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so, so much for your continued support. All the usual ways you can support the podcast, you can follow me over on Instagram, you can share this on your story, you can tell your friends about it. That's still the best way to do spread the name of the podcast. If you want to support me in a more direct way, you can do so by buying my book, Garden Sea and Neo-Myth of Home, or by joining Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com. And the Headstuff Podcast Network that gave Fireside its home is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. And to celebrate um, Headstuff turning 10, they are offering a 14-day free trial for Headstuff Plus for anyone who hasn't tried it before, who might have been interested in hearing bonus material, not just for Fireside, but for all of the podcasts on the Headstuff Podcast Network. There's never been a better chance to check it out. And it's... Lovely to be celebrating Headstuff's 10th anniversary with Fireside having been a part of the Headstuff family for, for half of that time, which is astonishing. 
Um, and I'm very proud to be a member of the Headstuff family and there wouldn't be a fireside without Headstuff. So thank you so much to them as always. But yes, that is their checkout. There'll be uh, there'll be a, an ad later on in the podcast with more details about that for anyone interested. Uh, but those are the hard sells out of the way. It's, it's so wonderful to be recording again. Uh, this is the second episode I've recorded after uh, the unintended absence of a couple of months after my uh, my physical and my mental burnout, which I won't revisit every time, but I rest assured it is incredible to be recording again and catching back up. Uh, so I'm going to release these two episodes um, on the one day last week's or last episode of Briar Rose, the Sleeping Beauty, and then this episode of The Frog Prince. And I shall endeavor to get two episodes out a week uh, for the foreseeable to try and catch back up until... Until we're about to where we should be by this time, if I if that absence hadn't been taken, um, what is interesting about uh, this episode is so this is the tale of the Frog Prince, which is another of the grim fairy tales, and the Disney adaptation of this film was uh, a complete re- uh, revision of it, and it was uh, the Princess and the Frog, uh, which not just gender swapped the the character so to speak well it did and it didn't um as i'll as i'll get into when we talk about it in adaptation but relocated the tale as well and is very much uh it is traditional in many ways but also a very modern adaptation in others and it would be the last di- traditionally animated uh disney princess movie and it's astonishing that we're only now four episodes into uh adaptations of of disney movies and the way that i've been going through them is i mean i started the beginning with snow white and from then i decided to keep with the the brothers grim fairy tales the ones the, the stories that came most likely from an oral tradition and the frog prince is the fourth of that and next week's uh, episode on rapunzel uh, which became the source of the 2010, I believe, uh, adaptation Tangled, which would be the first CGI uh, Disney movie. Um, that will be the last one that is ad- adapted from a grim fairy tale. And that's quite interesting when we have this notion of the Disney princess um, and in their roots in folklore, when there actually are only five stories that have their roots in grim, and some of them, including last week's um, Briar Rose and the week before Cinderella also have French origins as well uh, but from next week on um, or the week after next uh, the episode after next certainly after Rapunzel we'll be going back again and stories such as The Snow Queen The Source of Frozen The Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast there while they have roots in fairy tales they are original fairy tales and they are literary fairy tales rather than oral fairy tales that came from an oral tradition um the snow queen and the little mermaid for example being both written by hans christian anderson um, beauty and the beast coming from a french novelist um we have then we have other outliers such as aladdin or hercules which come from respective Persian and Arab folklore mythology and then Greek mythology as well as Mulan with with Chinese mythology so there are some outliers still in there but when it comes to the grim 
the Brothers Grimm, who are the titans of this kind of folklore, it's interesting that there are overall only five. And this is the fourth, and we'll have uh, the next one, Rapunzel, next. But then we'll be getting into more interesting territory, certainly in terms of adaptation. Uh, But for this story for this week, uh, which is quite a short tale, um, but one that I've always quite liked, it's very classic and traditional, and we will chat a bit more about it afterwards, of course, but this is the story of the Frog Prince on Fireside. The Frog Prince There was once a king with many daughters, but the youngest was said to be the most beautiful of all. Because she was the youngest and loveliest, the princess was sometimes spoiled, and the king worried that she would not grow up to have the grace and compassion necessary for royal life. Every day the princess would go to the forest beside the castle, where there was a pond and a well. The area was shaded and cool, and here the princess could play alone without being bothered by servants or her sisters. Her favorite game was to throw a golden ball up in the air. Simple, but endlessly distracting. She threw the ball higher and higher, and once threw the ball too high, and it flew behind her head and all the way down the well. The princess ran to where her beloved ball had fallen. It seemed the longest time before she even heard a splash. The princess could not even see the bottom of the well, much less her golden ball. The young girl began to cry. What's the matter, princess? said a voice. The princess opened her tear-filled eyes to see a frog. Oh, hello, Mr. Frog. I'm crying because my ball fell down the well and I can't get it back. What will you give me if I retrieve it for you? The frog inquired. Oh, anything. I'll give you jewels, clothing, even my crown. There is nothing I love as much as that ball. I don't want jewels and I don't have the figure for clothes or the head for a crown. What I want is for you to take me home and be my friend. Let me eat at your table and sleep with you in your bed. If you promise to do that, I will hop down that well right now. The princess thought about this bizarre request and without giving it too much thought, said, Yes, okay, I promise. The amphibian then hopped to the stone rim of the well and dove into the darkness. He soon hopped back up with the golden ball in his mouth. He dropped the ball at the feet of the princess. The girl was overjoyed, but grabbing the golden ball, ran away before she could fulfill her end of the bargain. Wait! Wait, cried the frog, hopping after her. I can't move as fast as you. The next day at dinner, the princess was ready to eat when she heard a knock at the front door. 
Not quite a knock, but a wet slap. Princess, young princess, open up. We had a deal. Oh no, said the princess when she recognized the voice. What's the matter, my love? asked the king of his youngest daughter. The princess told her father what had happened of her lost ball and her promise of companionship to the frog. And now he's found me and he wants to come inside. The frog was still slapping his webbed hands on the castle door. Come on and let me in. I hopped all the way here. I'm tired and hungry. You promised. The king looked at his young daughter and saw this unusual occurrence as an excellent opportunity to teach her a lesson of life. My child, you made a promise. To be a princess, you must keep your word. Let the frog in. Begrudgingly, the princess went to the door, opened it, and in hopped the frog. I thought you were going to leave me out there all night, he said. The youngest daughter then sat back at the table and began to eat. The frog hopped beside her. Help me up. I want to sit beside you. The princess reached down, picked up the frog and placed him on the chair beside her. I can't reach the plate, he said. Lift me on the table, please. The princess groaned and did this. The frog delightedly ate what food his frog teeth allowed him to. While the princess herself was put off her food by the sight of the slurping amphibian beside her. When the frog had had his fill, he yawned and filled his gullet. I've had a long day hopping all the way from the forest to the castle, and that food has really polished me off. Let's go to bed. The princess was about to refuse the frog. But she caught a stern glance from her father. Ugh, the princess said, frustrated, as she scooped up the demanding frog and climbed the staircase. She dropped him outside the bedroom door and locked it behind her. But before she could climb into bed, there came the wet slap on the door once more. Princess, let me in. It's cold out here. She opened the door and the frog hopped inside. Once the girl got into bed, the frog said, Lift me up. I can't reach the bed. So the girl reached down and picked the frog up by his leg and threw him to the end of the bed. This won't do, he said. I'm a frog, not a dog. I want to sleep beside you. With her last bit of patience, the princess placed the frog on the farthest side of the pillow on the opposite side of the bed. Can I not just snuggle it a bit closer? This was all the princess could take, and her father wasn't around to order her otherwise. She grabbed the frog, and like he himself was the golden ball, she tossed him against the wall. The power of the throw would have killed any ordinary frog, but this was no ordinary frog. The tossed amphibian bounced against the wall and landed back on the bed, but he was a frog no more. 
he had transformed into a young man. The princess jumped out of bed with fright. I'm sorry to scare you, said the young man. I am the prince of your neighboring kingdom. I was transformed into a frog by a witch and could only be turned human again by a princess. I thought it would be with a kiss, but I guess a hard pelt at the wall did just the trick. I am sorry for asking so much of you. I'm sorry I ran away from you, said the princess. Why didn't you say you were a prince? I didn't think you would believe me. But if you will have me, a carriage will ride here tomorrow and you can visit my kingdom. After sleeping side by side, the next day, sure enough, a carriage arrived, led by the prince's loyal servant, Heinrich. When the prince had been transformed into a frog, Heinrich had been so devastated that he had had three iron bands fastened around his heart to stop it from breaking. It was Iron Heinrich, as he came to be called, that knew in his heart the prince was human again. When the carriage took the prince and princess back to his kingdom, they heard the sound of metal breaking. Heinrich, the prince cried, I think there is a problem with the carriage. No, your highness, that isn't the carriage. It's my heart. When you were turned into a frog, I had metal straps stop my heart from breaking. Because iron is stronger than grief. But love is stronger than iron. And now that you are safe, the iron bands are falling apart. And sure enough, the prince and princess heard two more great cracks of metal as the shackles freed from the heart of Iron Heinrich. And the former frog prince and the princess were eventually married. And Iron Heinrich lived happily ever after. The End Get ready to celebrate with us as Headstuff hits a remarkable milestone. That's right, it's our 10-year anniversary and we want to celebrate with you. To mark this special occasion, we're rolling out the red carpet with exciting surprises. For a limited time only, you can subscribe to Headstuff Plus at headstuffpodcast.com and enjoy a 14-day free trial to access ad-free bonus content from all the shows on the network. And if you're already a member, you'll get 20% off all merch from your favourite shows. Thank you for 10 years of support from all the team at Headstuff. And that is the tale of the Frog Prince with a surtitle of Iron Heinrich on Fireside. And I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, it's a short tale as it is, but it also has this little coda tale in it. And in the version of the stories. In a couple of versions of the Grim Tales that you find, the the story is given with these two titles, which is The Frog Princess or Iron Heinrich. And it's so bizarre and it almost <laughs> it almost doesn't fit at all at the end, but I just love it too much not to have included. Uh, so we'll get to him in a moment. But yeah, this is a very, again, this is a very archety- archetypical classic fairy tale story. This is so such a well-known tale that in the frog in the princess and the frog 
which is in itself an adaptation of it, the movie opens with the two characters, um, Tiana and her rich friend uh, Lottie, I believe it is, uh, being read the fairy tale of the Vrog Prince. So it is dramaturgically a part of the story in a film adaptation, such as uh, how archetypical this tale is. But it is a classic tale of of a selfish character being taught not to be selfish. But in this case, as we spoke about with um, Sleeping Beauty, we have a thing that we associate as a trope of fairy tales, which turns out to be far more a trope of Disney, which is true love's first kiss. Even when I was adapting this tale, I had always believed, and it's the case in The Princess and the Frog, it is the kiss that breaks the spell and turns the prince from a frog back into a prince. But not so in the Brothers Grimm. They were deeply unsentimental in their fairy tales. Um, It isn't a true love's first kiss that wakes Snow White. It isn't a true love's first kiss that wakes Sleeping Beauty. And it is not true love's first kiss that transforms the frog prince. Actually, in the latter case, it is violence. It is him actually being flung against the wall. It seems to have just needed the touch. Perhaps it was the touch of what would later be his first love. But it adds an added level of humor. And to be honest, something a bit more grounded about the story. You can kind of go along with the tale of this demanding young frog uh, and eventually just pushing this girl too much until she is forced to kick him out of the bed, at which point then he transforms. I do like to imagine, we didn't mention this um, when we talked about Briar Rose last week, but it's a small part at the beginning of the story that it is actually a frog that tells the queen that she will become pregnant at the beginning of Sleeping Beauty and so I like to imagine that it is this frog as well that he was just kind of getting around while he was cursed and you know having the crack and seeing you know maybe who could be the one to break this spell because we don't find out what this guy did at all to be you know he must have done something to this witch to to earn being transformed into said frog uh, for the princess and the frog, like as I said, it, it this the movie opens with a retelling of the classic tale, but with kiss involved. And other than that, it bears almost no resemblance to the tale, save for there being a prince transformed into the frog. But there is also a princess transformed into a frog, and that's kind of its inversion. It's it's not a particularly it wasn't a particularly well received movie. I mean, it is a beautiful. A beautifully made film and I'm very grateful for it as one of the last traditionally 2D animated Disney films it has some good music in it Randy Newman did the, the music for it it has some good songs um, one thing it does have which has no bearing on the tale itself is probably the last great Disney villain um, well this and possibly the the one after this which is Mother Gothel Entangled after that Disney seems to have made it transformed almost exclusively into the the bait and switch villain where it's a good guy who then turns out to be a bad guy later on but here we have one of our last all out 
in the vein of Maleficent and Scar and Hades and Jafar, just like dastardly villain in The Witch Doctor, Dr. Facilier, so wonderfully voiced by Keith David, who is genuinely malevolent in this. Uh, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen this, but he commits a an actual act in it that is as dark as anything seen in a Disney movie. And he kind of saves, he saves the movie for any of its uh, trappings. But to get back to the story at the very end, yes, we have Iron Heinrich, who is such an afterthought on the story, but is big enough to earn co-billing in the title in most versions of it. But it is sometimes, I, I do say sometimes that there's an image that is just so strong that I can't not include what that is that Iron Heinrich after his master the prince was transformed into a frog he suffered such heartbreak that he fastened iron bands around his heart to stop it from breaking and the image of that and the places your mind goes to even imagine how that would be done you know are these outside is it like a chest plate around his chest are we to believe that it's some kind of surgery, that it is underneath the skin, that it is physically around his heart? When they break off, do they break off inside him or and then just disappear? Or does this is this like a chest plate that breaks off from him? But needless to say, it is Iron Heinrich that gets the last laugh here. And the prince and the princess being married is almost an afterthought. And I suppose what I like about it is we're in these fairy tales we only think about the the heroes which tend to be the royalty in these kind of tales and then we get just this lovely little happy ending for one of the servants who in fairness did out of it get uh, a pretty class name of iron heinrich and i hope that he did continue to be get called that for the rest of his life even though his heart was no longer breaking but that is the tale of the frog prince and i hope you enjoyed it um again yeah there are just there is only so much you can say about these kind of tales that are so clear they are clear as water of a simple tale of not judging a book by its cover and also being kind to creatures and honoring your word as well you know the king gets a, a pretty handy lesson to teach his daughter through this magical frog coming in there uh, after rescuing her golden ball um, and it's all there it's all so tight all so simple and that's why these stories endure is it's the ones that have that real purity and that real simplicity and then it's no wonder that they're so endlessly adapted and re retold uh, but so the next I hope you enjoyed it and so the next one will be our first adaptation of a Disney CGI uh, which is Tangled and another incredibly classic tale of Rapunzel, which is another tale that features in a musical that I'm very fond of, that I've been able to reference a couple of times to this, which is Into the Woods, the Stephen Sondheim a magnum opus of what happens after, happily ever after. And Rapunzel is very prominent in that as well, as well as being a classic Brothers Grimm tale. And it was really nice visiting, revisiting Tangled as a film as well, because it's not one I've seen that many times um, but we will chat more about that afterwards please do follow me over on Instagram uh, at firesidebard email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com if you're not on social media 
Um, spread the good name of the podcast. Buy my book, Garden Sea, a Neomyth of Home, uh, on the on the Headstuff website. The paperback can be shipped all around the world or instantly on Kindle at Amazon. Uh, and please do join Headstuff Plus to celebrate Headstuff's 10th anniversary. There's never been a better time. Get your 14-day free trial for the bonus material and bonus content for all of the podcasts in the Headstuff Podcast Network. Could be a nice opportunity for you to discover another podcast on the network because there are incredible ones. I myself, um, I'm listening to one of the newer ones that's just started, uh, Young Hot Guys um, with... Uh, Killian Sunderman, Tony Campwell, and Shane Daniel Byrne, three great comedians, great, great young Irish comedians. Uh, I'm really thoroughly enjoying that. Uh, anyone who wants to, who likes a bit of Irish comedy um, and a gentle tug at toxic masculinity, it's it's a great, great new one. Um, but there are many others. There are like about 30 other podcasts that you could be listening to, but there's never been a better chance to try Headstuff Plus. I'll see you all next time. Yes, where we'll have, uh, next week we'll have released... Rapunzel and also for the two the 240th episode we'll have a big one with the little mermaid so those are both coming up next time but again it's great to be back folks I'll see you all you'll hear me all next time remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.